Well, welcome to the JSM podcast. Here we are, another week. Um, I always forget our intro. I like start diving in it. So here we go again. Welcome to the JSM podcast, where we <laughs> desire to see everyone living in a healthy relationship with the Lord and with each other. Um, I no longer count, count the episodes. Um, I'm Joanna. I'm here with Cassandra. Today we are going to be talking about um, Christianese used as weapons, um, which I think is... Uh, super important um topic because we can so easily use um god's god's word godly quote-unquote phrases um as attacks and so that's what we're we're going to start a whole series on this taking apart some phrases that are used verses and talk about really what's um healthy with all of it like and talk about the destruction that happens when we when we use things the wrong way and and we use it in such a wrong context with the wrong heart um, behind the things that we say they're used a lot of times in passive aggressive ways in avoidant ways um, instead of really being present with people in moments and and being there and a lot of this comes from because of the job that I get the joy of doing throughout the week of being a counselor and working with people is I get to hear firsthand the impact that a lot of these things have on people and the way they affect them, the pain that it causes, how alone people feel, because um, people will just throw out a verse instead of tending to needs. Um, and it really impacts and it hurts people greatly. Um, because I look at a lot of times you see um, throughout scripture that there was a tending to needs. You look at it, there were times in the Old Testament, New Testament, when there were needs of the people and they weren't told to just, you know, go pray more or worship more. There was very much like God's like, go send out people, create structure there, you know, your people need to be taken care of in very tangible ways. And, and so there's a time and a place for verses or sayings or encouragement or things. And then there's a time where we get down and we're Jesus with skin on and we're shoulders to cry on and we're a place to find a hug. And we don't realize sometimes that's the most Jesus thing we can do um, is, is being that and doing that instead of just like, throwing things at people. And so um, this comes from a heart of also just wanting to equip and start to teach people like, okay, what does it mean? And what does it look like to really come alongside people? And when do I say something? And when do I just close my mouth? Right. <laughs> and not say something. And so um, what sparked this, I mean, this is a soapbox I'm on literally all the time. But um, Cassandra got fired up yesterday because <laughs> she saw a church billboard. So I'm going to let you go ahead and share. I did. Yes. Thank you. Um, I had traveled out of state yesterday with my dad and we passed a church sign that said, come try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. And it flew all over me <laughs> to use good Southernism. <laughs> I thought, how rude is that? I mm. bet the people are just beating the doors down to get into that friendly place. Mm. I mean, that's so dismissive, mm -hmm. judgmental, mm -hmm. rude. Yes. 
um, unforgiving. Yeah. It's like. And assuming. I was going to say, and that's assuming that you're going to come in and not last. Yeah. As a member of the church. Or assuming why people are struggling with who Jesus is. Right. Like, I mean, there's so many. And I think that's the, the, I think part of the struggle with the church, there's this idea of absolutes of like, well, you're not doing this because you're this or you're this, you know, and, and assuming certain things. And it's like, and I know this as a counselor, nothing's absolute. Like there is so much of people's journeys and things they're going through that influence why they might, might even struggle with Jesus. You know, like a statement like that's not accurate because a person might struggle with the idea of a man and, right. and struggle with wanting to be near that because of say what they've been through in their lives or what they've been told about God or like right. things like that. And so it's like seeing statements like that and how often we do that as Christians. That's why, you know, we have Christianese uses weapons because that is what happens. We just throw things out at people so passively, never connecting with their heart, never truly seeing them for who they are, walking with them through their things. And so many people have been so hurt by statements like that, verses that are thrown out. And so we want to take some time and like walk through each one of these and let's talk about what's healthy. Let's talk about the context and the right time in which um, to use things and the space in which to um, do all of these things. And it's, to me, it's so sad because it drives away those that are really, really in need and yeah. they aren't, um, they aren't getting, they aren't getting that. They're not getting what God intended his design. They're just being driven away and really, we don't realize we're often doing, and this is going to hurt a lot of people, the enemy's work. Yeah. And, and I, I want to add to that. I mean, this sign uh, was in front of one church, but it might have colored the whole community. It might have colored mm. all churches for whoever saw it and was offended by it or felt condemned by it. And uh, we have to be really careful with what we say because we could be affecting not only one person, but many. Yes. Um, because a lot of times we have to realize, I think, is that to call themselves believers um, are really heartless and mean. <laughs> I mean, really, at the, it, and kind of begin to admit that to ourselves that we are not being very nice and we've been taught that it's okay to do that, that it's okay to say these things to people, sure. to look at people in opposing ways, to come after people in unkind ways. And we think that, you know, that we're doing God's work. And that goes down to, I think, a lack of understanding of God's heart, let's say in the Old Testament, because people will go, well, you see who God is in the Old I'm like, whoa, one, you don't know his tone, two, you don't know his heart, three, you don't know everything. Like, and that's where like much of my heart is, you know, taking apart teaching and stuff like that, going through and like being like, let's really understand God's heart. Let's really understand context. Let's really understand why he's saying things. Let's really understand what he meant when he said it. Um, instead of just throwing things at people and, and, and creating a lot of wounds and a lot of pain that 
really we're we're driving people away from God instead of drawing him in yes. because of how we're saying things and that we don't place connection with people is important. We just want to throw verses at them. And then when they drive away, you know, they're driven away. We're just like, oh, see, you didn't ever want God, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just like, whoa, hold on. Right. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about, about that person's story or what they've been through or where their heart truly is. Um, and that your words are inflicting wounds and who wants to come back to somebody who's going to hurt them? Nobody. Right. Nobody. No, nobody wants to. No. And we have to realize that a lot of times we're abusive in the way that we say things, in our approach to things, our perspective about things, our heart, um, that we're mean. We're really, really mean. And if we have grown up in a church or in a household that taught like that, we, we may not realize Right. What we're doing, what we're saying, or even while we're thinking what we're thinking. It's just something that we were used to. Mm -hmm. God's been weaponized, like in a, in a form of control. And I always remind people, I'm like, but God gave us free will. He's, you know, we use him as a weapon to try and make people do what we want them to do, to force right. them where we feel like they should be and never understanding like truly what's going on like inside a person and meeting them in the middle of their mess which you see over and over again that that's what god you know did throughout scripture and it's what you see you know i always remind people jesus was god on earth and so you look at the way he was and he wasn't going around shooting lightning out of his fingers and zapping everybody but he was sitting there so often um, in deep connection. And, you know, I, the first thing that came to mind and we hear about it all the time, but I don't think we really take it apart. The woman at the well, like Jesus had true close connection, like with her in that moment, saw her completely in that moment. Yes. Knew all about her. Right. And I don't think we realize, um, nor do we talk about the, the atmosphere that we create for people to enter into. And I think the reason why mm -hmm. the woman at the well was so affected by the few statements that Jesus said is I believe there was an atmosphere of like love and being seen and valued that this woman had found herself sitting right in front of that she probably had never experienced before. And a lot of us have to realize the atmosphere that we give off is not one that is like that. People come into her space and they're not feeling love. They're not feeling acceptance. They're feeling judged. They're feeling um, di distance. They're feeling disappointment. They're feeling us being condescending. I mean, that's the type of space that we're creating for people and they're not feeling this invitation. So, yeah. Who would want to go into that? Right. Right. And you don't have to go to a church to go into that type of atmosphere. Right. Because it could be the coworker that you have at work. That's like so mean and always trying to make you holy all the time and control you and change yes. you and all this stuff instead of just getting to know you Yes, and connecting with you and doing life with you and exemplifying just through the life that they live that like God's way is different. And that's what we have to realize. God called us to 
live different and not in the sense that we've been taught, but he's like, just follow my design. People are going to be drawn to it because they're going to see that it works and that life is flowing and that there's joy and love, you know, and, and right now it makes me think of the verse. It says kindness that leads us to repentance mm. because repentance is the releasing of an old way, another way and kindness, the right way, the way of love, you're drawn to it. You want to expel what doesn't work. That means release, push out what doesn't work so that you can stand in the space of how things work. And, and we have to realize what we've started to do now is that we're wondering why people don't come to church because we're not kind. And we're trying to control everybody all the time. We're trying to force, we're using these statements, these verses to try and make the world around us be how we want it to yes, be. to beat them into shape. Yes, <laughs> very much so. So it's going to be fun as we embark on the series and go through different statements that we hear often, go through different verses that we hear often, and start to take them apart in the context that they were, they were meant in, first and foremost. And then talking about what the healthy, like, what does it really look like? Um, and probably one of the first ones that so heavy on my heart is, you know, um, probably next week we'll start with, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, okay. which is used so many times in such a dismissive way when people are walking through stuff and they're going through very difficult seasons and people just want to like throw verses at somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and without consideration. So I'm sure many people are like, okay, well then what do you, when do you say stuff? You know, what is, what does that mean? You know, um, as we're going to go through this. And I know that's the question. It's just like, well, if I feel like God gives me a verse, when do I say it? And a lot of times I'm like, don't say it. What? Don't. A lot of times we're not supposed to say it. We're supposed to pray into it over them. We're supposed to partner with what God's doing. but sometimes we need to, we need to know timing. There's a lot of times God shows me something and I never say a word. I partner with God in prayer in that verse for that person. Explain what you mean by pray into it. Okay. So, um, uh, I don't want to get, I'm all, I don't want to take part my verse for next week. Um, um, Try and think one that comes to mind um, right now. I was walking through um, a season with one of my kids, and and so I was praying for them and over them um, about you know what they were going through. And so the Lord gave me a verse to pray over their life. I never said the verse to them. I never, but He showed me, hey, this is what's happening. And this is the way that you can pray. And so we'll use, I can do all things through Christ. So we'll just take that apart. So, okay. So that verse really is, it is through the blood of Christ that the Holy Spirit, we get to engage in the power of God living and dwelling within us. And that's why it talks about, I can do all things through Christ. It's that engaging in that power. And so if I'm, so say God gave me that verse for somebody. He was like, Hey, they, they need supernatural power, you know, like, as they walk through this season. So in the place that I'm in, in the space that I'm in, I start praying for that for them. Lord, help them, you know, give them comfort. Um, may they be aware of your, the power of the Holy Spirit. May they be reminded, may you, may you minister to them in the ways that I cannot like, 
And, and the way I look at it too, is we begin to pray for somebody. We're like creating this hedge around them because we have to realize as we pray over somebody's life, we can create, I, I picture like a circle around them. And so, and we have to realize what we do when we just throw things at people. We're basically like standing there yelling at somebody mm. and they're on the ground bleeding and dead and we yell something at them and then we walk away. Because in essence, that's what we're doing. This should help. See you later. Yes. And they're laying there on the ground and they're dying. And it's just like, it's like looking at somebody and, and basically telling them, you know, you probably need surgery. And then you like leave and they can't get up to get to the hospital. Yeah. What good are you doing? And that's what we're doing when we're just throwing these statements out there. And the way I look at it is what we need to do is we stand around them in a circle with our hands held. Well, let's say one person is literally on the ground doing surgery with them or, or sitting there tending to their wounds. And we're standing as protection around them as the circle joined around them. So that way they're not being hit with bullets anymore. They're not being hit with swords anymore. They're not being bombarded anymore, but we stand as protection around them. So they get a moment to heal. I can say statements all day long, but that's not going to heal them when there's an actual need and there's a wound that takes time right. for healing to come. And so when I throw verses out at people, I'm just another passerby just, hey, looks like you're wounded. Right. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we just keep walking down the road. Anybody would look at somebody and be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, really, if you saw somebody wounded but, and you just walked by and you're like, you need a hospital. Right. And you just like keep on. But, you know, even even people who who love that verse and believe that verse, if they are hurting, they already know that verse. Yes. And if somebody, you know, walks by and says, hey, you can do all things through Christ. They're like, I know that. But right now, I just need somebody to listen. I think we underestimate the power of listening yes. to somebody. You know, that's my soapbox. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, because we feel pressured to fill in the quiet time. We feel pressured to say something wonderful and witty and fix the problem. I suffer from that myself. Um, but just listening is so important. Yes, it is. And, and then sometimes it literally is bringing them food. Sometimes it's sitting with them on the couch. Sometimes it's watching a movie because sometimes we have to realize we're the power of Christ strengthening them. Mm. Wow. That we are the power of Christ entering into their space. The hands and feet. Yes. That it's not just the verse, but it's the connection that we bring into their space. And we don't realize the power that is found like in that, in doing that with somebody that like, if they don't have enough food, go get them food. If they need a shoulder to cry and be the shoulder, like you're the power of Christ that's strengthening them, that's found through that connection that you're having with them in that moment. And we, like I said, we just throw things out and we say things so flippantly and we just like aren't even considerate, you know, because a lot of times, like, let's think about somebody's walking through grief, you know, we're like, you just need to pray more. No, how about you pray more for them? Mm. How about you not say? How about you be the shoulder, but you pray as the hedge of protection around them as they're going through their season? How about you be the prayer for them? 
Because when people are walking through seasons, sometimes they don't have the strength to fight off the enemy and his lies and all those things. They need you to surround them to pray off all the lies and all the things. So that way they can lay there and grieve and heal so they can get back up again. And, and we don't see it that way. We, I know for so many people there, I'm sure they're like, oh my gosh, wow, I didn't ever think about that. Like, right. I, so oddly enough, I pray very little with people. I pray for people because I realize the power of the hedge of protection that my prayers can have around a person. And then I'm love with skin on to them because that is what they need. They need connection. They don't need another verse sometimes. They need somebody to hold them. They need somebody to care. They need somebody to show up and pick up their kids. They need like they need all of those things, the tangible things that Jesus was skin on. Because I can tell you right now, Jesus would not walk by and just say a verse. He'd be like, here's some bread. Let me watch your kids. Like he would do those things. He would provide those things. He would, you know, like when he sat there and fed the people, he didn't go, you know, well, I'm the bread of life and good luck. <laughs> like he said, I'm the bread of life and here's bread. You know, like there were, there was the visual and the spiritual things that were happening. And often <laughs> we miss it. Um, Sorry, that tickled me. <laughs> But it's just, it's so important. And it grieves my heart because people, if they could sit in my office and hear the pain in people's voices when they just need somebody with skin on and they desperately need it and they're not getting it and they're grieved and they have nowhere to turn and nowhere to go. And I always say the enemies always stand in the alley to offer the toxic version of whatever but we have to realize times we're in such desperation we'll take that then to completely just like not exist um and that's the reality and so so as we're going through this journey i hope just like hearing all these visuals help people realize like how important this is and the necessity of being careful and learning more often to ask God for the verse to pray over somebody than the verse to throw at somebody. And that, um, because I'm very intentional about when I speak and when I'm silent and, um, and when I'm just there with the hug or, you know, there, all of those things are important. Timing is important. And I know we've talked about this some before, because as I'm talking, I'm like, I know we have, I know I do many, many times, but I think there's layers and layers for us to be transformed, that we have to hear something to be able to be moved by it. Um, and, and so it's like, it's a soapbox I'm on because we want to go and impact the world and make disciples of all nations of nations really. Um, but we don't realize we're not living it. We're not connecting with people. We don't really invite people over. We judge, we try to fix them. We try to make them holy. We try to do all of these things instead of just like being there and listening and caring and understanding how to pray and things like that over people as they're walking through different seasons, instead of trying to force them into this way or life or things like that. I mean, even that sign, you know, I'm sure they thought they were so witty. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, to emphasize, you know, none of this is, is being said with any condemnation at all. Yeah. It's just that we need to step Wake back up. sometimes and pay attention to what we're saying and ask, ask ourselves, what is your motivation for mm -hmm. saying that? And uh, if you are trying to be cute and witty, should you? Yeah. Uh, um, I mentioned another sign. 
that that I've seen on Facebook um, that and I have laughed. I have laughed every time I've seen it, but it's it's awful. <laughs> um, it said something like to whomever stole our air conditioner, keep it because you're going to need it where you're going, which is is awful. I mean, it's very condom condemning and it's unforgiving and it's judgmental. Um, but I laughed and didn't think anything about it for a while. Mm. But, you know, things like that, you have to be very careful. Well, and they're so hurtful. And on, on Facebook too, not just right. posting signs on Facebook, but the things we say on Facebook. Right. Well, and I sit here and think, you know, like I'm thinking about statements like that, that I know have been said to my clients who say are struggling with addiction or struggling with the trauma of their lives, you know, that they're just trying to figure out how to find their way out of and things right. like that are said to them because there's just this assumption because they're in some struggle that they're just some horrible sinner who's just horrendous and and all these things and it's and it's so condemning and it's so mean and it's accomplishing nothing because all you're doing is wounding that person right pushing them farther away yes who don't feel that they can enter into the church and be loved because things like that are said to them like oh you just can't get over it what's the problem and it's like and not understanding the full impact of the way trauma is on a person's life who let's say has been sexually abused their whole life from, you know, one to 15, you know, all those years. And then just look at them and say that because they can't get their feet under them. And those are oftentimes when people don't realize they're saying these things to those people, right? They're saying those things to them. And in their heart, they're like, I can't look at Jesus as a man. I can't even look at a man, you know? And it's just like the distortion that happens and the harm that's created instead of just pausing and getting to know a person and understanding the process of healing and partnering and pretending over somebody's life so they can get their feet underneath them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I just keep having this visual of just like holding hands, surrounding somebody in protection until they get back on their feet and also being, you know, those hands and feet. So that way a person can, can begin to rise again. And so I just see a circle of, you know, those surrounding and protection over just prayer and being there. And then somebody sitting next to them, giving them water and tending to their needs and like being there. And that is what heals a person, that connection that they, that true connection that they find with another person, which then begins to teach them about the connection that God wants to, and desires to have with them. Because so many people have never experienced this unconditional love. Like they can't even fathom it. They haven't had a taste of it. And so when they begin to experience it in a relationship with somebody else, it begins to open up their understanding that you mean God can begin to love me in this way? Yes, he can. And you still do life with them and you're still walking alongside them and you're still being present with them and you're still existing with them. And you find, and I've seen this over and over again, and that's why I always go back to, but it is the heart behind the ministry because the reason why this was started was because I saw as a counselor, I didn't have anywhere to send people that are truly going to walk with people. So then it's like, I'm one that doesn't complain. I'm just like, then I'm going to make something, you know, it's just like, 
I'm going to begin to create a space and an atmosphere for people to connect and get Jesus with skin on it instead of being tossed verses at them, but that they can heal and know that there's somebody out there that truly cares and sees them and that wants them to get well and wants to see them transformed. And it's like, that's why we're doing this because our ultimate goal and our dream, which you shared about in the newsletter, actually this last week was to make this bigger. Like it's to really have face-to-face encounters with people and to create community and to connect. So that way people can begin to receive healing, not by verses thrown at them, but by people that really want to give them a hug because they need it. Yes. They don't need another verse. They need a hug. They need a casserole. They need whatever, but they need people that truly see and connect and desire to be with them right there in their hole until they gain strength so they can be carried out. And that's our heart. And that's what we want. That's what we desire. And so I'm excited about this series because I also, my prayer too, that as we walk through it and we take apart phrases, verses, and things like that, that a lot of people can find healing in their own process of feeling like they can't come to God because they don't have enough faith because they've been told that or things like that, that we can begin to talk about what does the Lord mean when he talks about faith? What does he mean when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens? Like, what do these verses truly mean? Because they've been used as weapons to destroy the body of Christ and destroy the people around us. And some of these phrases and these statements and things like that, that, that are said to really start not using them, number one, (laughs) and number two, to use them in the right way. And ultimately, a lot of times to use them more in our prayer than it is in the words that we say. Yeah, I like that. And, and the importance of doing that. And so I'm excited. I'm really excited about this series because I know for myself, um, as I've journeyed through, you know, my own healing verses that were tossed at me and I had a hard time getting my feet under me because then I just felt like a failure all the time because I wasn't obtaining the standard or this idea that was being forced or tossed at me. And I couldn't get my feet under me to obtain whatever it was I wanted to, but it was like, why can't I, you know? And so I, like I said, I'm really excited as we go through this and we learn and the challenge that it has for us to slow down more often and hear people and not try and force people but to come alongside people and care for them um, and to be love to them um, and to carry them through different seasons, just in our connection, our prayers. And so any last thoughts as we finish? No, uh, other than I'm, I'm excited about this too. And uh, if anybody has any scriptures they would like to uh, send, yeah, email me. Yes, yes, definitely find an email address on, um, on the website. Um, simple, if if you can't remember, um, info at joannasnow.com, um, is our main email address for the ministry. You can send an email. If there's a verse, you're like, Hey, take this verse apart for me. I don't understand what it means. Um, we would love to be able to have the opportunity to journey that with you. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. So, well, I'm excited. We, here we are for today, finishing, um, and I look forward to next week. So thank you for joining us this week. Remember, connection makes us stronger. Um, you can always go to joannasnow.com to find out more about the ministry, to give support, and we're working on getting our online store back up um, so you guys can have access to the courses. 
and um, podcasts is every week on Wednesdays. We have our Bible study on two nights and Lord willing at the beginning of the year, we'll also have one on Friday. So hope you all have a blessed week.